Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains podcast with me, Chris. And today we have Stacia from Stumble Safari on the episode. We're going to have a chat about Ecuador. And at first we were going to chat about a particular hike that she did that uh, didn't go to plan, but all things that end well and all that jazz. Um, instead, we're going to talk about some key highlights in a month-long Ecuador trip because what is paramount from our pre-discussion was just how much there is to do there and how much there is to see. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, hit follow, subscribe, share it with a friend too. But otherwise, how about we just get straight into the episode? Hey Stacia, how are you doing? I'm great, Chris. How are you? I'm bloody brilliant, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we are here today to chat about uh, a, a country that's well, I mean, I, I say it's on my bucket list, but that's a bit of a silly thing to say because everything's on my bloody bucket list. But, um, <laughs> but Ecuador, yeah. how was it for you? Oh, it was incredible. I was there for a month, um, the month, the majority of July of last year, 2019. Damn, that's a, oh. that's a good amount of time to spend. If you go into South America, I think that's, that feels like the right amount of time to spend in each country. It wasn't nearly enough to see all of Ecuador. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I wish I had longer. Yeah. Well, I know people who who want to travel South America and they want to take things like six months out to go and do it. So, mm-hmm. so I maybe think, on that basis, it should be six years out to go and do it. I could easily have spent six months in Ecuador. There was just so Jeez. much to do. Yeah. So, why should someone go to Ecuador? Why shouldn't someone go to Ecuador? <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, the food, for one thing, was absolutely incredible. So good. Um, a lot of, you know, cultural history stuff. Um, the whole city of Quito is uh, in UNESCO Heritage Site, which was pretty cool. Um, super affordable place to backpack. Um, everything was, excluding the Galapagos Islands, everything on mainland Ecuador was extremely cheap. Um, and there's just a lot to do there's you know the amazon rainforest is there there's beaches there's mountains there's you know um a lot of you know adventurous things to do <laughs> perfect honestly that sounds so perfect it's precisely what you look for isn't it well, affordability nice country a bit of a culture shock some adventure Absolutely. yeah for sure so let's um let's chat through your month shall we so we've so for the listeners listening uh, <laughs> Um, before we started recording we chatted through some of the highlights we can talk about and honestly like there's you did so much in a month so we're going to do our best to compact this into into a podcast uh you do have a blog though so we'll mention at the end too uh but if anyone while listening to this feels that they need more information where could we could they go while listening uh stumblesafari.com like stumbles and you know falling tripping i'm clumsy <laughs> and safari because i uh talk a lot about animal tourism and um with my background in, in animal and, and veterinary work so perfect so if you're feeling like you need more information or you want to go and explore further you can go do that um i'll ask again at the end i'll put in the show notes and stuff but um but yeah should, should we kick it off with the the first highlight of the the month spent in ecuador Absolutely. Um, so I flew in uh, with a friend of mine. We're both veterinary technicians uh, with quite a bit of experience. And we um, kind of stumbled upon um, a veterinary internship um, in the Amazon in Ecuador. So we flew in and almost immediately, uh, you know, took a, a massive bus down to the Amazon, um, had to load everything onto a canoe and then canoe another 30 minutes until we got to our like cabin in the middle of the jungle where we treated um you know monkeys tapirs macaws like you name it um it was a a wildlife rescue center so that sounds incredible it was awesome (laughs) you're staying in an eco hut weren't you yes i was it was uh, completely open air um no electricity running water but very dirty running water um i think the line you used before this was definitely not clear <laughs> definitely not clear uh which we yeah like i said didn't we didn't know until we dumped it into a, a bucket to wash our clothes halfway through because the bathroom was so dark because all we had was um a single candle to light the whole bathroom so 
so w- moving into uh, the jungle from from sort of mainland oh, mainland ecuador is, is <laughs> the main ecuador main moving ecuador. into the jungle city, what, city kind ecuador. Of, what kind of main differences are there other than the fact that you're in a jungle uh, there is like the okay the first thing that i noticed switching into like jungle where there were no like roads so we were taking basically a big uh school bus type thing a little slightly fancier but ultimately like a school bus um we drove down from quito and we drove through baños and down through the mountains to get down to um lowland in the jungle and then all of a sudden we are having trouble staying in the seats because we're just like jackhammering like through potholes and mud. And we honestly thought the bus was going to tip over at one point. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and then there are no roads to get to the eco lodge. You have to take a canoe down the river, which was interesting. <laughs> How did you take all the kit? Was it just, was it a lot of canoes or was it already all out there? There were two really big canoes to fit all of the uh and they're like electric canoes so we didn't have to row it it was like a, an electric boat but in the shape of a canoe mm-hmm. um t- so we loaded up all of our luggage and supplies into one canoe and then all of the people in the other one um to get to the eco lodge because it, 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 i think you're saying before we started it was a newly set up things like because you're saying something like once a year they get this service so you weren't joining an already established or was that a different site the eco lodge was established okay Um, yeah so they they do like you you can visit there um you know out in the middle of nowhere just outside of um tena ecuador and Mm. right next to the um you know wildlife rescue center but part of the veterinary internship that we did we went to a different town that was like 30 minutes 45 minutes upriver that had like no connection to the outside like their nearest veterinary clinic was over an hour away by boat <laughs> um so they got veterinary care like once a year so we saw like you know puppies who needed vaccines and dogs that had actually had been hit by cars and bicycles and stuff that just healed wrong and they wanted us to check them and we were like yeah we can't really do it <laughs> but you know some kind of intense stuff there um they also have a lot of rabies in the area so we were just vaccinating every animal that we saw with a, a rabies vaccine to keep that from spreading so yeah of course because that that can that's a really bad thing to get in oh, dogs specifically because yeah. it, it affects how they think and act right yeah it's i'm a, not a rabies expert and thankfully <laughs> by, a, by our a, choice we've got someone who kind of is on the show so it's a neurovirus so it attacks the brain and um it spreads through saliva so it forces the, the host to try to bite other people or other animals so if a dog got was rabid it would try to bite the people around it and then if a person catches rabies um it's om- it's almost always fatal especially if the nearest hospital is two hours away by boat so um, it was really important for us to to make sure that all of the uh the local dogs were vaccinated for- <laughs> out of interest as well were the people getting rabies vaccinations too we're not, not that it, obviously i know it doesn't yeah. stop it it just buys you 24 hours isn't it but yeah, um, we, I mean, we couldn't give it to them. We're like veterinarians. We weren't legally allowed to give people medical treatment mm. while we were there. So we were just there for, for their dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking more generally speaking. I didn't know if they, they because they're so remote, I didn't know if they were getting vaccinations in general as, as people. I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. Well, at least you were there doing the dogs then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. So two weeks you you were spent out there. What well, any major highlights that come out of that two weeks for you? Um, we did a lot of um, enrichment for the animals. Um, you know, they get bored in the cages. Um, a lot of them were injured or um, because of like deforestation and stuff. They you know had to be moved, and um, they were trying to release everybody. Um, 
like treat them and release them. And so we were trying to keep their minds active and help them like forage for food and, and stay as wild as possible. So we did a lot of like, we, we built a lot of really weird contraptions to hold food for the animals and then like <laughs> hung them up around the cages so that they would still forage instead of just like giving them food. Yeah. Um, but an another really cool thing they had a, a massive like tapir that they had released but she didn't want to leave and so occasionally you would just hear like a pig grunting sound behind you and you would turn around and there's this massive like you know two-ton animal following you around looking for food and they can get really <laughs> aggressive and they were trying to keep her wild even though she you know liked people so you would see this massive animal just like barreling through the jungle and you would just have to like turn your back to it and just like not look at it <laughs> like, <laughs> like a really child funny. like a child she she basically acted like a toddler it was really funny um so yeah <laughs> that was really cute wow so two weeks spent uh, also avoiding rats and snakes coming and getting yeah getting coming rubbish. into the, the um the cabins yeah <laughs> And then headed at that point, you headed back to <laughs> what? Why stupidly called mainland? Ecuador. Mainland city, city Ecuador. Yeah, you know, or urban, <laughs> urban Ecuador. Yeah. yeah. So, so where did you go after this one then? Um, so actually, the day after we got back from the Amazon, we realized it was Ecuador's Independence Day, um, and we ended up in the capital, kind of by accident, for Independence Day. So. Um, while my friend and I were waiting for our husbands to fly in for them to join us for the rest of our, our trip, um, we just kind of celebrated with, with all the locals and, uh, we you saw all of the, like kind of the touristy sites, you know, um, you know, the big cathedral and, and, um, the shopping center and all this stuff, but they put on a really big, like cultural show for everybody. Like the, um, the churches were lit up in different colors. Um, which yeah. was really cool. You could hear the choir singing in the cathedral around the entire city. They had a bunch of parades with uh, indigenous people and traditional Ecuadorian clothing and music and stuff like that. And um, a lot of incredible food and music. And it was just a really, really fun time. For sure. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we were having a bit of a conversation before we hit record on this one. Um, for most of our listeners, I would take a bet uh, happy to you can email me on details below tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> um I think most people would hear Independence Day and think um parties alcohol uh, fireworks uh, yeah in, in your opinion how does it compare to for instance USA uh, Independence oh, Day oh uh in America everybody it's my least favorite holiday here everybody just gets completely plastered and shoots off fireworks and there's a lot of ER visits and it's just not it's kind of a dangerous holiday and people just <laughs> kind of eat a lot of you know hot dogs and hamburgers and go to pool parties and whatever but um there were fireworks which were kind of interesting I have a video on my um website of um fireworks going off over the houses in Quito um, the night before, actually, yeah, it was the night before Independence Day. It wasn't actually on the day, but so that was really cool. Um, yeah, and there, there, I saw nobody drinking out in public. Um, we found very few, we found a bar, but we found very few actual like bars and it was mostly like cultural appreciation stuff with traditional clothing and then lots of really good street food and music. So it was a lot more fun and interesting than blowing some stuff up while drunk. <laughs> I mean, the only experience I've got is is I um I talk about it on episode one briefly of this podcast, uh, which is when I I took a road trip to the Swiss Alps and back. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up just by complete luck. Uh, I had no idea um, the day before um, and the day of my two nights, uh, my two days in um, mm -hmm. uh, Switzerland was their national day. Mm -hmm. So that that was like a mixture, I think, of for the sound of things of Ecuador and America. It was it was still drinking uh, mm -hmm. and celebrations, but it was it was a lot more calm, and people seemed to be there. Were, there were, it, I didn't see any, any culture there, but then I'm also European, so right. maybe I wasn't I wasn't seeing it. Um, 
but it seemed that a lot of people just sort of more people came together more people on the streets chatting to neighbors mm-hmm. uh, rather than um hot dogs and yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i from what i've read ecuador at least um like city ecuador not uh, excluding like the beach areas there's just not a lot of drinking like they have kind of a a fancy beer like culture there but it's it's new um and uh i i didn't notice a whole lot of bars or clubs or anything when i was walking around quito so yeah i don't think they're really into that <laughs> so what kind of other things can we expect in quito as well before we move on uh, what if we were going there is there anything else you'd recommend um it's con- considered by some to be a dangerous city basically i mean just common sense you know don't go down weird alleyways after dark like <laughs> um, and then blame the city <laughs> exactly um the biggest thing about quito is to watch their their biggest issue is fake cabs um which my husband actually fell for he took a fake cab back to our uh hostel or not hostel to our um airbnb that we were staying at but you want to make sure that you get into a yellow cab that has the number on it. And with like, there's like, they have specific cab license plates. Um, Cause there will be people, they don't do Uber or anything like there because there are fake cabbies that will just rip tourists off. Um, So it's, it's a problem there, but it's not necessarily a dangerous problem, more of a, a money grab type thing but the government is trying to put a stop to it so um and while we're talking about sort of things to look out for i i'm trying to look at my map but i can't specifically place ecuador is it spanish speaking or portuguese speaking spanish yeah very few people there spoke english so that's my follow-up question brush up on your spanish before going (laughs) um quito they spoke more English than the rest of the country, but not by much. Um, I was the only person in my group that spoke any Spanish, and I had to translate everything, for, even in Quito. So, well, although mind you, you can get cheap cheap lessons. Currently, I'm learning Spanish um, on Italki, um, and, uh, and and hey, free advert for a um, and 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 Hela um, Trevino. Uh, <laughs> She's going to be annoyed with my pronunciation of that, but this is early on. This com- this comes out months later. Don't hate me. Um, yeah. Um, she's yeah. She's brilliant. For instance, very affordable, and mm-hmm. she's also uh, Colombian. So she's teaching me the um, the South American way of um, speaking Spanish. So right. So if you it, wanted it, to brush you... up that much, you can go to Italki and very easily pick up lessons. So yeah, Italki is fantastic. Um, if you if you're learning the Colombian dialect, Ecuador will be very easy for you. Um, but there, there are other parts of South America where that Spanish just does not like the accent. Like I had someone who was from Argentina, um, and that I met down there and we kind of traveled around Quito together. She was, she spoke fluent Spanish. Like it was her first language, but because she had an Argentinian accent, nobody in Quito understood her, even though she was speaking Spanish. Yeah. I had to repeat what she said in their dialect because it's kind of what I learned growing up in America was a combination of a mexican and south american um spanish dialect yeah uh, going on a tangent here actually there's a there's a video <laughs> i saw online um of a, 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 a this um this guy chatting to a polyglot um <clears throat> so someone who speaks lots and lots of languages mm-hmm. and he was speaking spanish and he was he, he was even changing his american and he was even changing his dialect so he was going oh yeah i'm, I'm fluent in spanish and then he's like, but if you want me to talk a bit like South America, and he starts talking in the South American accent. Right. And he goes, but specifically, if you want me to talk Argentinian accent, and he changes to an Argentinian accent. Right, accents are I, a big thing. Nuts. And people in America should understand that a little bit more, because we've got a huge array of accents here, too. You know? Yeah, New York, California. <laughs> yeah, New York, California. Oh, we've got, like, the, the southern accent. <laughs> I grew up right next to Kentucky, so I've got a little bit of that twang going on. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, back to Ecuador. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> so we've been to Quito. We spent two weeks in the Amazon. Where did we go after Quito? Uh, we went to the Galapagos, 
Hey. From Quito to the Galapagos Islands. Um, only spent a few days there because we were just on a bit of a time crunch, but um, it was an ultimate dream destination for both me and my husband. So we're both kind of science wildlife geeks. So, so what kind of things do we? So for, for I didn't know this, uh, and I don't know if I'm the point one percent of the world and everyone listening to this is going to go you're an idiot chris but just in case there's anyone else out there who doesn't know the link um that's where charles darwin went and did a load of work to butcher his work in a sentence <laughs> um so it's uh yeah it's a super sciencey uh location for it um mm-hmm. so when you're going there and you're saying it's a dream location how are we talking dream location? Are we talking sitting back on sun lounges and relaxing for the first time? Are we talking about, you know, joining military boot camps? What's going on? <laughs> the um, <laughs> So um, I went to Puerto Ayora, which is one of the bigger islands, but not like the, the most visited, like the most kind of touristy, if you would, island there. Um, the beaches people weren't really like flocking to the beaches while we were there. They weren't that kind of beach. There was a lot of rocks. There was a lot of wildlife mm-hmm. um, just kind of lounging on the beach. It's more of, a, it was more of a dream destination for me because of the wildlife there. Um, there are, you know, dozens of species there that only live there that you will not find anywhere else in the world. Like, um, Galapagos penguins, uh, blue-footed boobies, Galapagos iguanas and tortoises and the Darwin finches. And um, so those were really the ultimate reason why we went there was to see all the wildlife and and to see, you know, to walk where Charles Darwin walked. And <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got him on the ba- back of our banknotes here. So <laughs> yeah, not that anyone carries cash anymore, but um... <laughs> So, and I think you said you were snorkeling at some point as well. Yes, we took um, a day trip on a boat to uh, a different, a smaller island um, that had, because Puerto Ayora does not have a lot of good waterways for, you know, for water sports and stuff. It's just not um, in the area. But we took a boat and went to a different island. And this, uh, the tour guide took, kind of took us to this, he called it a secret location. I don't know if it actually was or not, but he kind of took us to this little um, area where, so the the waves were like super choppy and really difficult to snorkel in, but there was an area completely surrounded by rocks. So the wind wasn't going through and it was like dead calm. And he was like, there's always a bunch of sea creatures in here. So we jumped in and there were like three sea, like green sea turtles that we got to swim with and some black-tipped reef sharks that we swam with and a giant puffer fish and lots of you know colorful tropical fish and that was that was absolutely incredible to just swim with sea turtles (laughs) yeah that's that sounds completely idyllic to be honest with you right and we went hiking um around that area as well and we saw like a bunch of native iguanas, native um, flamingos, actually, which is like the only place in the world where flamingos are like, or one of the only places in the world that flamingos are actually native, like they actually like are from there. Um, And then, you know, a bunch of tortoises everywhere. A tortoise breeding center was there, which was really cool to see. So, For sure. Is there anything else we need to know about that location before, before moving on? Uh, be prepared to be nickel and dimed for everything uh, because it is an island. <laughs> um, so that's just kind of how it happens. But um, like all the money goes back towards preserving the ecosystem and they are extremely strict um, with with their like ecological rules about staying six feet away from or two meters away from um the wildlife, not feeding anything, not touching anything, not taking anything. Like if you get caught doing something like that, you'll you'll be arrested and kicked off of the islands. It, they're so taken extremely seriously. You were practicing social distancing before it was a thing. Exactly, <laughs> but with you know tortoises and and like hundred year old tortoises and not other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know which one is more preferable. Um, <laughs> perfect. So where to next then after after snorkeling with sea turtles? Uh, so we flew back into. 
Quito, um, because you basically have to fly into either Quito or Guayaquil from the Galapagos. Um, And then we took a bus down to Baños, Ecuador, where we spent a couple of days. Um, And Baños is kind of like that ultimate adventurer's destination um, in Ecuador because super affordable and everything that you can think of they've got there because Baños is in like a valley that's completely surrounded by um, mountains and waterfalls and it's called Baños because of um, all the like the natural waterfalls and hot springs like Baños bathroom um, bathtub basically of the hot yeah so, <laughs> again learning spanish i was thinking yeah. <laughs> i was thinking i'm just learning what el baño is <laughs> yeah uh, that's why it's called baños it, it has a longer really long spanish very catholic name um but mm. uh it, it's shortened to, to baños so people are like why is it named bathroom you know it's it's because of the, the hot springs that are around there um and that's where the the instagram famous like swing at the end of the world is which i mean it was it was pretty and it was cool but it was not nearly as impressive as the pictures make it look as with everything you know um but banos also has waterfall canyoning whitewater rafting parasailing and paragliding rock climbing hiking mountain biking you can rent an atv and just go through the mountains for a day like they've got everything it was awesome um we obviously weren't there long enough to do even half of that um but we did go bridge jumping which was really fun (laughs) which is pretty nails yeah yeah our, uh, we found an awesome cab driver and he was like what do you want to do and I had read that there was a lot of like bungee jumping and bridge jumping in Banos and so I told him I was like we want to go bridge jumping and he was like great I know a spot and took us to a spot and um, they told us that it was only like 20, do- 20 US dollars to do it where if you did something like this in America it would cost like a hundred bucks easy um, so we were a little skeeved out at first, um, but my my husband and my friend's husband um, were both uh, climbing instructors at like an adventure course in Florida. So they're very familiar with the type of gear that we would have to put on, like the harnesses and stuff. So they they went through and inspected everything before we got we paid the money and got geared up, and it was fine. Like everything was safe, and you know, jumped off the bridge. And I've got a video of my horrible horrible jump on my website um awful it was it ended in a swing so you're supposed to just stand completely straight up and just fall forward like a board but I panicked and crouched down and fell straight down where I was like jerked because it was a swing and not a bungee so it was I had some black bruises across areas where the harness hits um (laughs) (laughs) definitely worth it though it was like the most thrilling exhilarating thing I think I've ever done um and it was like we jumped off a bridge over a river and so the view was beautiful and a bunch of cars stopped to watch us jump off the bridge which was really fun and so and so there was just a a massive group of people just kind of cheering us on and it was a lot of fun for sure I I was thinking as well how the the price of the bridge jumping compared to USA how how much price determines you know social views of things because <sighs> it, yeah it, I don't know you could create something for very cheap but if you look cheap compared to everyone else even if you have the best product and you're just trying right. to be a bit more honest and charge an, an, an honest rate you'll yeah. look like you've got a bad product you kind of have to almost match so yeah when it comes to backpacking certainly don't be put off by things just because of a cheap price because it's just a different yeah, conversion, different everything culture. in yeah. Ecuador. I mean, Ecuador uses U.S. dollars, um, so they don't have their own currency. But uh, <laughs> yeah, everything was super, super, super affordable, especially mm. compared to to Europe and America. So for sure. And we're talking about mountains now as well. So if you can't tell by the name of the podcast, where we're hitting a uh, a, a soft spot for me, what kind of <laughs> what kind of altitude are we sitting at? 
so Banos was kind of in a valley. So Banos itself uh, was probably, let me just Google it real quick because I can't, don't really know off the top of my head. Because um, it goes but, up and up and up, doesn't it, in Ecuador? Yeah, so Banos is just under 6,000 feet. Um, but going up to the, the swing at the end of the world, that's like on the top of the mountain surrounding it. So you're just going up and up and up like the mountain roads mm. to get to that. So easily another like 2000 feet to get to that. So it was just, you know, you're constantly changing elevations <laughs> in Ecuador. Uh, so the first, so this first question uh, is more out of interest because it's subjective to each person's body. But then the second one makes more sense. So the first one is, how did you deal with the altitude there? Did you feel anything different? And the second one is, how quickly did you feel you adapted to anything you were experiencing? So I'm, I came from Florida, which is an altitude of zero. zero. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it reaches um, 10, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> negative, too, in some places where the sea level is actually higher than where you're standing, which is crazy to think about. Um, so coming from that and landing in Quito, which is at like 9,000 feet, um, you get lightheaded pretty quickly. Um, like I didn't feel sick like some people talk about. Like I didn't feel nauseous or anything like that. But my appetite kind of went away for a couple of days. I just wasn't super hungry. And then I would just get super lightheaded after like very minimal activity, like walking up a, a half a flight of stairs like not even a whole flight of stairs and I would be so winded and I'm like what is going on um <laughs> there are medications that you can take that like basically increase the oxygenation in your blood but I'm allergic to them so I couldn't take those um I tried to take like iron supplements I don't know if they actually helped or not maybe I know they didn't hurt um and uh they also sell coca leaves to chew on, um, which is a really common thing throughout South America that you can chew on. And um, the best way I can describe it is kind of like a tobacco high, like like chewing on these leaves where you your fingers get a little tingly, but you don't get as lightheaded. I don't know exactly the science behind like what makes it work, but that's what the locals kind of do to, uh, and you can get coca leaf tea or candies or whatever to kind of help with the altitude. And did you feel like you adapted quite well? Because it seems like you 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 are already quite well compared to other people coming from zero. So, right. But like, did you feel like you adapted quite quickly, or, or was the yeah. constant elevation? After after a couple of days, I felt fine. But the problem was that I spent like a day in Quito, and then I went down to the Amazon, which was very mm. low altitude. And then I went back to Quito, and then I went yeah. to the Galapagos, which it's was hard to like, then. yeah. So I was con constantly changing elevation. So my body was constantly trying to adapt to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's overworked for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was going from zero to nine thousand to like 3,000 to 9,000 to zero again to, you know, it was a lot. <laughs> so we've, we've jumped off bridges. Yes. Safely. <laughs> where, where next? Uh, then we took a bus to um, Otavalo, um, which is a less well-known city, a smaller city in Ecuador, which actually ended up being my, my favorite city that we went to outside of the Galapagos of course um, <laughs> um just but, the architecture or, or was it like a nice restaurant or the architecture was was really pretty a lot of um like murals painted everywhere a lot of nature um you know waterfalls and everything like that but less of a less urban than Quito it was it was more of like a, a small town feel to it but it had more more people if that makes sense but um, loads of like mom and pop restaurants that had some of the best food I've ever had. Uh, my favorite hostel in the world that I've ever stayed at was in um, like just outside of Otavalo. It actually was up on the mountain overlooking the city and like completely surrounded by the mountains and a volcano that was nearby. Um, it was absolutely stunning. And um, um, Otavalo has the largest outdoor market in all of South America every Saturday. Nice. Um, like miles upon miles of just, uh, you know, handmade 
things and street food and leather goods. And um, Altavalo is really well known for their textiles. So lots of, you know, sweaters and scarves and blankets and stuff like that. So. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And now we get to the point which uh, was initially going to be the only thing we were going to discuss <laughs> on the podcast. And then, and then you were like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was there for a month. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... And you did a hike. Yes, we kind of extended our stay in Altavalo. So this hike was actually very last minute. We did not do very much research into it, which is why it went so terribly wrong. Um, but it's called um, Quicocha and Quicocha Lake. And it's named that Qui is Ecuador, not even Spanish. It's Ecuador Spanish for guinea pig because they, 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 they eat guinea pigs there um and uh, Quicocha <laughs> yeah, Lake um ha is like this massive volcanic crater lake with a trail that goes all the way around it and there's an island in the middle that kind of looks like a guinea pig which is why it's called Quicocha <laughs> um so that was cool and we kind of read we were like oh it's like a four hour ish hike and we were like oh we do that all the time in Florida but we didn't account for the fact that there was like a, a 1200 foot elevation change throughout the hike and not just a gradual like one time thing. It's over and over and over again that you're just going up and down the mountain range around <laughs> and us flatlanders, we were not handling it very well. Um, and so there was a bunch of stuff that we did wrong um, that made this hike so much more difficult than it actually should have been. Um, it should have been a relatively, I don't want to say easy because it was a relatively strenuous hike, but we made it so much more difficult on ourselves. Um, for one, we each only had one water bottle with us, like a reusable one, a big one. I had a, like a big life straw water bottle with me, but only one. Um, and there's no water. There's nowhere to stop around the trail like there's the the start and end pointer at the same spot and that's it that's all you've got um and then it's just trail um i i have asthma as well as um you know dealing with the altitude issues <laughs> just and i yeah i dropped my inhaler somewhere along the trail <laughs> um and at the time i thought we were halfway through because we could see the um, starting point um, when I realized I had dropped my inhaler and it looked like a straight line across the lake. So we were like, oh, because we couldn't find any maps anywhere either. And that's another thing. We didn't download a map of the trail. We just decided to go. And I, I thought that we were halfway done and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. We were in reality about a quarter of the way done. Jeez. So I like every 20 minutes had to stop and I was just like gasping for air because I no longer had my inhaler at and, you know, going up and down 1200, you know, feet. So we would go, we would start at um, 9000 something and ended up at nearly 12. <laughs> so it was a lot. Um, so there was that. We didn't wear any sunscreen. Um, <laughs> so, or, or bring wind protection. Like we just didn't think about it. We were like, oh, it's only four hours. We'll be fine. And we ended up, it ended up taking us nearly seven to finish it because we just had to keep stopping. And, um, by the time we were done between the wind burn and the sunburn that we endured, we were bright red, horrible. <laughs> And your skin's dehydrated too, anyway. Exactly. So no water. <laughs> You're literally on the equator. Like we were very stupid to not wear any sunscreen. You're literally on the equator. So even though it was relatively chilly that day, you're at the strongest point in the world for the sun. And you're also at extremely high altitude where the oxygen is thinner and you're more easily burned. There's less protection there. And then once you got all the way up to the top, there were like no trees or anything because there's so little oxygen up there. Nothing could really grow. So we would go from like almost a dense like rainforest up to like 
desert at the very top. Like we saw cactuses, cacti, cactus, yeah, up at cacti, the top. Yeah. Cacti up at the top. And we were like, what? <laughs> so the sunburn and the wind burn from not from being at the very top of this mountain and not having any anything to block the wind. It was it was really bad. Um but we just kept going because we thought that we were almost done when in reality we weren't anywhere close to, to being done. Um, <laughs> so it was uh, just under 10 miles, which normally for us here isn't that big of a deal, but it's, it's a shock if you see... Elevation gains at altitude is nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's a shock to see even a small hill in Florida. So going up and down that kind of elevation was insane for us um mm -hmm. and we were actually supposed to take a, a cab or a bus to quito that day after we were done with the hike because we thought we'd be done like middle of the day and then we get back to our hostel and they were holding our bags for us and we were like can we please stay another night please 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 <laughs> like, we can't we can't move we can't breathe. We're so sunburnt. And we ended up extending our stay like another three days instead of going back to Quito because we were just so miserable from this hike. <laughs> then we yeah, couldn't we couldn't bear to sit on a bus for a few hours to go back to Quito. No, so, just relax. Get some water yeah, in you and sit exactly. down, chill. We basically just kept going down into the, the city center to more mom and pop restaurants and just eating a bunch of food and trying to recover from this, this hike that we just were not prepared for whatsoever. <laughs> and you mentioned going back to Quito as well. Was that, was at the end of the month for you? Yeah, we um, spent our last like two days in Quito, um, you know, kind of did the touristy stuff and, um, you know, hiked up to the, the top of the Basilica and, um, there's a big, they call it the, the, the Virgin statue, which is, it's like a statue of Virgin Mary pretty much, but you can climb all the way to the top and get some really cool views of Quito. So we did that stuff um, when we got back to Quito and um, ate some more food. And yep, and that's, what <laughs> just had to relax the last couple of days because we were just so exhausted. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I was going pretty much nonstop for a month. So by the time we got back to Quito that last time, I was like, I'm done. I, I want to sleep. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on to some wrap up questions, then, is there anything else we need to know about Ecuador? Um, bring lots of cash. Uh, they I mean, they have ATMs um, in the bigger cities, but you know, it, it costs like an arm and a leg to withdraw money from, from them. Um, definitely. If you want to go to the Galapagos, definitely look up the, um, the ecological rules before going there and the, the taxes that you'll have to pay in order to just enter the Island. Um, because we were out like a couple hundred dollars before we even set foot on the Island because of the entrance fees and stuff and a visa that you're required to have. Um, other than that, they speak very little English. Um, so brush up on your Spanish. Um, try the food. Like some of the food seems really weird to, to Westerners. Um, they eat, you know, gr grilled <laughs> guinea pig. Um, they eat a lot of, there's a lot, you know, a lot of street food, a lot of um, different like fruits and vegetables and stuff that I had never really heard of. And I was just like, I actually have a meat allergy, so I had to be very careful about w what I was allowed to eat. But I would basically just point at something and be like, I want to try that, and had some of the most delicious food doing that. Oh, wow. So, um, and super cheap, like a couple of dollars. You know, like um, we went out to dinner one night, and you know, we were we were those asshole tourists that kept this restaurant open when they were supposed to be closing but nothing else was open um because it was a very religious city this was in baños it was a religious city and so everything was closing early um saturday night going into sunday and we asked them to please stay open because we couldn't find any other food and they served us and we had this massive meal and the total was like five dollars and we didn't Ooh. have a five so we handed him a 20 to like thank him for staying open. This was food for four people. 
And he, he, you know, about cried because that was like an insane amount of, of money because they, everything is just so cheap there compared to what it is in, in the U S. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, whilst I'm, I'm wowed by that, let's go into the first <laughs> question, which is what surprised you the most about Ecuador? Everybody there was so nice. Like I, especially in Quito, everybody was telling me horror stories about how um, dangerous it is and how mean people are and, you know, yada, yada, yada. I get there. We actually had um, an issue where we went to the wrong building um, for our Airbnb and we like ended up knocking on this up. I, I was like, well, the doorman didn't leave me a key. Like the guy said that he would, maybe he's still here because he said he was leaving like that day. And so I knocked on the door and this like random lady answered it. And she was like, can I help you? And I was like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> so they do addresses very differently than I've seen really anywhere else. Um, things aren't really labeled correctly to the point where the cab driver who took us to the building, like it was like the completely wrong building. Um, it was another couple of buildings down, but instead of like just rolling her eyes and shutting the door in our face, she called our Airbnb host for us because we had no idea where we were. We had no idea where we were supposed to go. And she talked to him and she figured out where we were supposed to go. And she was like, you know, uno momento, and went inside, grabbed her shoes, and walked us to our correct apartment. And not only, oh, like, wow. walked us to the, the building, but walked us in and made sure that we got the key and got on the elevator and got to the apartment before going back home. And I was like, and we saw, we met people like that everywhere, you know. That's incredibly um, kind, yeah. Yeah, we, and we, we got in um, a fake cab which is, you know, the problem in Quito. And uh, we were about to miss our flight to the Galapagos because our cab driver got pulled over for being a fake cab. And we didn't know what was going on. The cops were like talking to him away from the car. And we were like, should we get a different cab? Like what's going on? And so I called the, the police officer over and I was very nervous because uh, of all these stories I'd heard about Ecuador. And, and told him very quickly what was going on. And he was like, oh my God. And he flagged down another cab for us, made sure that we only paid that cab driver what we had agreed to pay the original cab driver and sent us on our way. Like as an American, wow. <laughs> it was very strange for a police officer to like, you know, take that kind of extra step and make sure that we were safe and getting where we needed to go. And, and so like everyone down to the police officers were, were extremely kind. Um, and I never had any issues, like any major issues other than not finding our Airbnb and <laughs> somebody trying to pickpocket me or whatever in, in Quito, which is, you know, kind of normal everywhere. But I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you're not the only one to, to have done that. Um, Emma in our road trip in Croatia episode, she did the same thing, um, <laughs> With their, but they, their they were less friendly. Yeah, it went to the wrong place, um, oh, and then the, yeah. the, the situation was less friendly, and then they were like, oh, we're at the wrong address, so yeah. and, they were and like, sorry. Our, um, the host texted me, um, and he was like, are you okay? Like, are, are you in the, the um, apartment now, or is everything okay? Are you safe? And I was like, wow, yeah, so nice. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. are. Um, so, like, everybody there is just so fantastic. Um, it was great. Perfect. Perfect. What's one thing that you would do differently if you were to go again? I would want to spend longer. Honestly, we spent we spent a lot of time on buses between cities, and the buses were you know an entire story on their own. Um, but you know, spend more than a couple of days in in each city because there was just so much to do and see, and everything was just like so compact in these cities um but my husband and I like desperately want to go back to the Galapagos and explore more of the islands because we were really only on the one um well one and a half because we took a boat to a, a small one mm. that people don't really live on um you know for the snorkeling and stuff but um a month wasn't enough <laughs> wow 
you always know a place is good when that answer comes up, which is what yeah. you do differently. And, and then they go longer. <laughs> longer, longer. I, we want to go back. Like we'd, we've actually um, debated, we've tossed the idea around of, of moving there for a year in Otavalo where we completely fell in love with the city. And, um, you know, again, super affordable, like a, a three bedroom mm. apartment um, for a few hundred dollars a month. Um, and we were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> and then last question. What's one moment that you would love to relive from the from the month long in Ecuador? Um, the snorkeling with the turtles. Although sure. you told me not to say this answer, but I did get <laughs> engaged on the Galapagos as well. <laughs> hey, just to clarify, I didn't I didn't say okay, don't so talk. You, say, you said you did say you said <laughs> That's not the moment that you can relive. <laughs> you can't. You can't say. Like, I'm just against engagement. <laughs> like I'm not no, having that no. for sure. No, my, you said my, that you got engaged, and I and I said I'll ban you from saying that so that we can have a different answer. And then yeah. you said actually sea turtles beat it anyway. Okay. Yeah. No, my husband and I both agree that snorkeling with the sea turtles was totally better than the engagement anyway. So. <laughs> well, that's great. That it did. It does sound just so perfect doing it was that, incredible. especially with your interests. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, with my um, animal tourism for me, and he's a, a wildlife illustrator, so he was, you know, fascinated, and, you know, he's, yeah, exactly, <laughs> he's, he's a reptile guy, though, so he was chasing and taking hundreds of, and hundreds of pictures of the uh, iguanas that are just everywhere, like, you have to watch where you, where you step, because they just kind of lounge in the, in the walkways, and you have to try to avoid them. <laughs> It's, it's sometimes very hard to keep that six feet rule um, because the wildlife will just come right up to you and you try to avoid them, but there's not always anywhere to go. Like, like a, a sea lion actually tried to, to bite my foot um, on a, on a dock because it's massive male sea lion. And I was standing there waiting to get on um, a boat to go snorkeling. And he like climbs up onto the dock looks at me and where I'm standing and like runs at me and like bites at my foot to get me out of the way. And then once I got out of the way, he just like flops over like a cat and falls asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the wildlife is absolutely incredible, but they, it's like, they know that you're not allowed to mess with them. So they do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, Stacia, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, once again, if we want to find out any more details from you about this location or others, where should we go? Uh, StumbleSafari.com. I'm also on pretty much every social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, same name, Stumble Safari. So, Perfect. I'll time. put the links down below. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Such a fun episode to record and more to do in Ecuador than I had thought just because it's not a country that I tend to think about a lot and I think maybe a lot of us feel the same way. It's not a country that crosses our mind when we think about having an adventure so certainly has bumped its way up the list as a lot of these episodes do to me. If you enjoyed the episode then please check out her links, her website and her articles too. Uh, hit follow, subscribe, share it with a friend Join in with the community as well at BTM Travel Pod on all the social media platforms. But otherwise, have a brilliant day, and I will see you in the next episode.